fight. Friends and family, guys, gals, non-binary pals, we're happy that you're here. It's Sunday night, call in street fight. Tell us what's going on in your world. That number to dial, 614-655-3887, as always. Uh, talk to the best on WCRS here, Community Radio, WCRS, LPFM. We're coming to you from Columbus, Ohio, um, the home of the best pizza in the world and the best podcast in the world that you're listening to right now, the number one anarchy comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Anarchy. Uh, my name is Brett Payne. My host is Brian Quinby. You can find us online and other avenues as well. But always watch at twitch.tv slash radio if you want to hang with the gang, chat, see what else is going on, uh, speak your mind with text versus uh, calling in. But we do have an open queue right now, so 614-655-3887. Give us a call. Let us know what's going on. We want to hear from you. And if you want to support the show, you can do that over at patreon.com slash radio, where you can uh, help this hillbilly family uh, survive another winter and uh, continue to spread this mess across the U.S., which I'm hoping will be happening soon. We've uh, considered getting back on the road, and I uh, want to get that ball in motion as much as we can. And if you head over to patreon.com slash radio. You're going to get notified first about all of our new merch, including discounts as well. And you'll get the newest uh, premium episodes from us. Uh, Brian is doing the I'm Sorry series right now. Uh, Also wanted to say we're coming to you from the west side, the best side, Columbus, Ohio. And that there is a fire detector, a fire alarm battery that is squeaking every two minutes. So you might hear that going on right now. It's funny because we're in an actual professional office and there's still a fire going off and we're not like in our mom's basement, Mm-mm. but uh, it's still going on. You know? keep a nine Beep. volt. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It's good. Uh, I like the Dixie chicks episode, the chicks. Now um, I've been listening to a ton of the ton of chicks uh, to fill in my um, early 2000s musical gaps, you know, because I kind of w- didn't want to be a part of that shit. So I've been listening to Happy by Mudvayne and Wide Open Spaces by The Chicks and kind of having like my own internal divorce, like two bad parents inside of me both lashing out. You know? <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, the Dixie Chicks thing fucking blew my goddamn mind. I, you don't go back and watch the news from... 20 years ago ever like you know it's you, you don't think about how much things could have changed over 20 years and or it's not 20 it's, i think it's like 16 17 years yeah. since since the audio i played i think it was 2003 the audio i played came out and like you you really don't know like how far how much shit has changed yeah i mean you and how did a really good job breaking it down but i did not actually realized the whole controversy surrounded them saying i regret that george bush is from texas and nothing diane sawyer took them on the news and said made them answer to the charges that they were stupid broads yes (laughs) like she did people are calling you stupid broads and they have to answer like well we're not actually you know what it was uh such a bizarre time it makes it reminded me of that um haunted house documentary i watched from like the late 90s where you do understand how kind of bizarre uh everything kind of was before 
the internet was there to kind of check people and kind of regulate things. I mean, dude, like she also made them sort of arg- talk about like how people were photoshopping them with Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Like made them answer that right. people on the internet there's were pic- photoshopping that. There's pictures. Uh, there's pictures of you with Saddam Hussein. What's that about? <laughs> I've never heard anything like it before. I really, truly, uh, uh, I have never truly could have believed that somebody wouldn't have just at that time said, you know, it's bullshit. Like what they're getting yelled at for is like not even really a fucking thing. It's like you're supposed to be, you're supposed to do dissent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, when they say that you can't do dissent, it's like, they're like, well, they could dissent. Their opinion can be that way, but they can't do it over overseas. Right. That's the other thing. It's like, they're just not allowed to do it overseas. Yeah. It's like that we keep that, we keep the family business at home. We don't let the neighbors know that we're having problems. We're having marital (laughs) problems. Okay. We keep it together for the Italians. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just nuts, man. Or it was Germans. a really. It was Germans. That's that's who it was, right? Uh, I thought it was England, but who uh, knows? It was just a really. I mean, there was a few things in that one that were kind of mind blowing. The Thug Kitchen thing was like a big thing with me because, like, I didn't know about the process of them changing their name to Bad Manners, but like the apology read like they had been being told that thug kitchen is offensive for the whole time they were doing it. Yeah. They were like, we finally had to admit it. (laughs) We finally had to make a change. Yeah. And when you look at the pictures of the people that do it, because somebody also sent me a picture of a thing called the thug jug, Uh which is a, I believe CrossFit thing. Uh, It's a water bottle uh, called the thug jug. And you'll never guess what the people look like that, that sell the thug jug and they're right on the front page of the thing. You see this white lady just holding a jug and it says thug jug. And it's just like, what are you fucking doing? What? Like, why do it? Just don't you, especially now don't do it now. 2012. I'm willing to say in 2012, people didn't really know that you weren't allowed to call your thing thug kitchen. If you're white. (laughs) If you paid attention, you knew, but you're right. There was not common knowledge and it was not good. It was, yeah, it was not even in the air. I mean, in 2012, like it was like, damn, it feels good to be a gangster and go to brunch. Namaste in bed. Yeah. It was like that kind of spiritual gangsters, spiritual gangsters. Yeah. There was like a lot of that around. You can, you can, you can be like, okay, like we were way different. There was a time in this country where things were very, very different, and it's not that long ago. Yeah. And, like, it was a learning process that we had to go through, and, like, things were just a little more offensive back then. That's the thing. Like, people were just more offensive. It's just like when you look at the 60s and stuff like that. Just because we had phones didn't mean that we were like better sure. than the people in the 60s yeah. or 50s and I no but you know what I mean like sure. it wasn't like we had moved into the future where we were done yeah yeah with yeah racism, racism and wasn't stuff. over it yeah. yeah people keep trying to declare racism over i think is the problem yeah <laughs> i mean it's like how done with it how said something and and like i've heard this from other people too was just like 
people thought under when Obama was president that we had gotten sort of past racism. Yeah. And that like we were living in a post-racist society, so humor could be as racist as you wanted you could be to. be homophobic because you would never be homophobic. Yeah. And it was like trying, ironic. trying to tell jokes. Like you were telling the same jokes that a racist guy would be telling. But like <laughs> you weren't like. You're like, wouldn't that be awful to say that though? <laughs> Which means you were sitting around thinking of the racist guy jokes all day, too. Which I understand. Like, why? Like, I'm not trying to say I wasn't a guy that did that because I would definitely not say that I wasn't a guy who acted that way. I changed when I heard that it was wrong. When somebody said, don't do that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and it did, even then, even to that point, it was like, you know, you fight back. You fight back for a little, you, you're just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm not being for a while. Like every, I did like for a little bit. It's like, come on, stop being politically correct. And then after a while, like when you hear, well, after hearing it pounded into my head, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, that's, I'm not going to make those jokes no more. That's, that's not fun. Yeah. You know? So yeah. We're not yeah. There. Thug Kitchen was, was they look fun. so bad. This is hilarious that this is them. Thug They're Kitchen. Just, did you bring yeah. them up? <laughs> Yeah, I could just imagine them driving like a steamroller over a neighborhood to, to build like <laughs> yeah. they're just actively gentrifying their existences. I have the book at home too. They're just radiating gentrification. I actually have the book at home. Yeah. And uh it's really a weird like I read it. I looked through it when I got it and was like man, this is kind of fucking weird, man. It is. Like I don't know if I like <laughs> I, I was millennials. The thing that we fucked up is as soon as they let us have enough money to make our own products, we put like bitch and fuck all over like kitchen towels and coffee mugs and stuff. And then cussing became I. But, you know, I also I, I'm from a generation where I had my mouth washed out with soap. You know, I did have my so bad words were bad words and it feels good to say them. But like, yeah, when you're doing a recipe, I do not want to I do not want to hear you trying to do your best like uh 1970s black exploitation film slang you know yeah yeah, yeah they're absolutely that's it, always so corny and bad and yeah it's corny and also like yeah dude we all came up with hip-hop as like yeah this, in the background of our lives right like, obviously it was huge yeah from, from my age unique. on yes from yeah. from from my age on like in fifth grade i was in fifth grade when mc hammer and like Vanilla Ice hit. And that was like, I think, when this shit just went supernova at that point. I had already been like checking out like the Ghetto Boys and a few other things in like fourth grade. They were playing like my mind's playing tricks on me on, yeah. on the pop station in town and shit like that. And, and so like if it is like understandable that you would make that a part of your language if you came up when I did or after me. Because it really was in the background of your life yeah. the whole time. Uh, I did. I do think it, like, there was a great war going on, though, when I was young. Where, like, some people, I liked rap, but other people thought it was crap. Sure. So you had to do it. There was the big debate. Is it rap or is it crap? <laughs> I went with rap. I thought rap. I thought it rap. But so. other people thought it was crap. And then I even went through a crap phase. Wow. You know? Yeah. I like everything but country and rap. Oh, wow. For a period. Like, really short bout of time. And you I was listening that? to rap rock. I know. When I was, I was listening to, like, Limp Biscuit 
at times when I said that and like, you know, 10th grade or something sure. like that. It was just like, uh, so I did not, I didn't like country for most of my life. It took a lot to get into it. It took, uh, yeah. Country music. Yeah. Just yeah. maybe being 25, I think is what happened. I had my quarter life crisis being <laughs> sore. Helps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also being thrown around in a job and knowing that you're stuck in this like whirlpool, you know, forever now. And this is what it is like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, it's funny. Psychic Gasoline said everyone's heard a mom say getting jiggy with it. But, dude, <laughs> I, like, it was a joke in every movie from, like, mid-90s until, like, 2010 that a white person would just rap. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was, like, a huge... That was, like, the well, biggest pop in a comedy. <laughs> I mean, even Thug Kitchen Time, you're talking 2012, that was a big for uh, ukulele Lil Wayne songs. You uh, know? Was it really? I thought... Ukulele YouTube? Yeah. Why do I remember it being a little earlier than that? But you're right. It would have had to been in YouTube times. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking about, like, The Boys in the Hood. One by, like, Harvey Danger or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah. That was... And that would have been way before. Yeah. That was on TV. There was no YouTube. That was probably proto... Yeah. That. You know what I mean? That was, like, before... That Harvey Danger, boy, I'm looking it up. Who I, who did it before then? Uh, NWA. No, no, no. I mean, who? What? What? Who? What white person tried to like sweeten it up and make it like all angelic and Caucasian? Tried, <sighs> who mayoed it? Who mayoed some a fucking rap song up first? Uh, they might be the first. I think you might be right about that. Oh, it's Dynamite Hack. I'm sorry. I, I, I Harvey Danger. What is it? Uh, Dynamite Hack. They did Flagpole Sitter. No, that's... Uh, what did Dynamite Hack do then? Dynamite Hack had a good album. It sucks that they were only known for that stupid song because the whole other al- the rest of the album was really good. I don't even know the other song. Oh, they did Today Was a Good Day too. They, <laughs> <laughs> they did too? <laughs> they did it again. They were like, well, I, fuck it. We'll do that. We're that guy. I don't know, actually. I'm... I, I'm... Yeah. I don't know. Offspring. Offspring had to be the earliest. What'd they cover? They didn't cover... Oh. Pretty Fly for a White Guy is like... When did Pretty Fly for a White Guy come out? Because I think that might be... Rage covered EPMD. That's fine, though. I'm um, housing? Yeah. Yeah, but that was... That's not this... That's But they didn't make it... Cor- they made it... They tried to be badass. They weren't like, we're dorky, uh, we're yuppies, and we listen to rap music. Yeah, they were trying to be cool well, with They it. weren't doing like... What about what about that bluegrass band that covered? Was it Fish? It they said it Casey was Casey Dixie. They said it was Fish that covered that Snoop Dogg song, Gin and Gin Juice. And Juice. Yeah, but it was Casey Dixie. Is that who it was? Yeah. Uh, Shock Jocks loved playing Casey Dixie. This is the most Dixie's been said on Street Fight Radio in one episode. We're doing them all. Right I know. Now. Pretty Fly for a White Guy came out in 1998. And I have to say that was that's ground zero, man. No, I but know it has to be. Cover. It has to be like white people doing like I'm acting black, but I'm actually not dangerous like black people type attitude. Hmm. That's what this. That's what that whole wave is. It's so hard. It's like to... I'm cute. Like, like I said, the the ukulele with the rap music. That I mean, that should have. I can't believe that had to those thing. people should have been thrown in jail. Yeah, they should. Actually. They need some correct correction <laughs> in their life. Correctional facilities, nice ones. We're really nice, but like I do believe in correctional facilities. Do you think like, they feel bad about it? Do you think no? Like, the one girl think? Carmen is like she's pretending to be a rapper now. I think. What do you think Dynamite Hack thinks uh, about their situation? 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they can't even come back and play. What are they doing? Probably working at like a car dealership. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. oh, here, 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 here. There is a piece from Stereo Gum. Uh, but I don't think it's a Oh, 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 here it is. Here it is. Okay. Um that fucking where is it? Some people tell me I'm a genius, that I'm forcing white America to listen to the problems of black America, America, that I'm tricking them into listening to the song by putting it to this sweet music. Honestly, I really didn't think about it that much. That is a really funny line for a guy to say about himself. That's really funny. <laughs> I imagine he's at the mall and someone says, you're tricking white America to listen to the lyrics of NWA. <laughs> What? Where did that come from? No one was ever. Is that what he's? I thought he, he made that, apologize. Yeah, he made that song and he spends all of his time thinking about that. How do I? How do I feel about slipping these dangerous gangster ass lyrics into the minds of suburbia? <laughs> I thought he was going to apologize. I, I thought, really thought I th this article it was a goof. I was. It was a goof. This was a funny thing we used to do when we were bored. It was a way we could play. Like yeah. April 29th, 2020 is when that this story was written. So that is the dynamite hack. You fucked up. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they're doing good. Did they move on to do anything else? They probably work at like, yeah, real estate agents or something. Oh, the gourds did gin and juice. The gourds. The gourds. Yeah. Because I'm scrolling through this article now. Uh, ben Folds did Bitches Ain't Shit. Okay, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a good song. I like that yeah. song. I have oh, yeah. The Chronic at home on vinyl. It was a pivotal album in my life. Mm -hmm. It stinks to listen to on vinyl. Shouldn't have bought it on vinyl. Really? It's like 50% skit, skits. Uh-huh. So you have to. <laughs> yeah, when you're listening you to a record, forward. it's like, You can't fuck. 15 ahead. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a tough one on 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 vinyl, but it was pivotal. I got it because it was like really pivotal. Pivotal when I heard nothing but a G thing. That was that was like when that was like the beginning of everything going like wrong. Okay, with me, you know what I mean. That was the beginning of me going bad. Boys in the, the movie, and that was the beginning of me going bad. Um, so Veruca Salt did straight out of Compton. Um. Oh, oh. Also, in 2005, came erstwhile Veruca Salt member Nina Gordon's take on NWA Straight Out of Compton, which, like Dynamite Hack and Ben Folds covers, does not censor its several racial slurs. Oh, Dynamite Hack, you should have fucking apologized, bro. They did. They didn't say that, did they? Yeah, it says they. It, it's added in that they say the N word in the <laughs> song, man. Guys, God, it just a, it was it was still racist back then, guys. I know it was still racist, but yes, I agree. But I'm saying that like it says they have an album 2019. Yeah, they're busy not apologizing. Yeah, they're saying the N word. In <laughs> We're goofballs. I mean, the line is really funny to say. Like, you know, most people have been coming up to me saying like I forced a lot of white people. To listen to the problems of inner city black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's something I, I hold on my shoulders. I carry that with me every day. <laughs> to know I've opened people's minds. To, uh, you know, about hearing fresh rhymes coming out the Alpine. You know? <laughs> that's the, I love it. They got to they know, you know, why the breath is stinking. Street Fight is going to be the thing 
that makes me that makes dynamite hack apologize apologize that's yeah. a good goal that's a great fucking goal finally gonna apologize just, publicly guys, i heard on a podcast they read this quote from me and it was really embarrassing try again you get an extra try it's mulligan it's just like the the, the golf video you did you get one more shot at this just give it a just give it a sorry just saying stupid i was young it was a different time it was a different time dude i can get away with anything been, yeah i'm sorry the entire series of I'm sorry, I have said, all you have to say is it was a different time. I'm a different person. Things are not like things. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a different time. I'm a different person. And like, uh, that's who I was at that time. That is not who I am now. And, um, I, yeah. I'm 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 an, I'm have a, a new, new EP. person. They have a new EP coming out in February of, of 2019. Yeah. yeah, right before pandemic. So I can't even go on tour with it. Yeah, you know? but yeah, I I don't think it's wrong. I don't even. I think that if somebody was a Nazi when they were 18 and they're 35 now, and they're like not a Nazi anymore, then it's as long as they're and somebody was like, hey, when you were 18, you said this Nazi thing. It's like. Yeah, I'm like not a Nazi anymore. Like I didn't even accept that. <laughs> no, you should. I'm the Steve Albini episode of uh, Pod Damn America was really good because it covered all of that stuff, and he was doing that shit in the '80s and '90s when there wasn't a, a national discourse <laughs> happening in your pocket. You know, when it was kind of like, "Hey, man, it's freedom. It's the '90s. We can do whatever we want. We can be transgressive." You know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It 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 is like. I don't think that I, I don't think especially with dynamite hack and all the all of that stuff like I think I mean, they were only doing look it better by apologizing mm -hmm. at this point you could look like you've learned like showing it going on to social media and indicating that you've learned a lesson and identified the issue with like what you've done is only going to get more people listening to your stuff yeah and I th I I honestly thought that it would be I think it would be very easy to say like hey man like people thought shit was different stuff yeah. was funny in 2000 in the year 2000 things that like if you go watch anything from the year 2000 that is trying to be funny you're going to find a lot of stuff it's fucking mean it's just yeah. it's just you can be mean for any reason it's just mean to everybody that was the goal is like i'm an equal opportunity hater mm-hmm you yeah. know, I, I, I hate everybody equally uh -huh. and everybody here is just making like the worst possible jokes because we don't believe this stuff anymore. We don't, we don't, there's no anti-Asian hate, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's no in, in problems with uh, indigenous relationships, you know? Yeah. It's it, just, it, everything is smoothed over and we're in this post modern society now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and now it's like, now we, we like know that 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 stuff was wrong but like you have to look at what was what comp like people i think that are younger maybe don't even understand that like what you're saying is like totally true is that like all comedy was mean like there wasn't comedy that like you weren't considered to be doing anything interesting if you weren't doing something mean yeah and that went for me too like it like when I was telling jokes and stuff like that, but this is pre even doing stand up or anything like that. But like, I thought that like the only way to do interesting comedy was to say mean things, find somebody and say mean things about them. And 
even to the point where like when street fight started part of the thing with this was to find the right person and say mean things about them i have grown in a different way now where i've decided that like yeah i mean i'm i can be like mean i'm i'm good at it i i know how to bully and be as mean as i want but like i almost find it more interesting to try to do something that's not mean but it's still funny and it's still edgy like but yeah. but but like you got to think about when like the, the biggest comedy properties in the united states and and especially in 2000 were like family guy um south park um like just shit like that yeah like it was all stuff like that the stand-up was like brutal you know that's when sarah silverman was doing like racist so yeah. like she would never do that now right <laughs> so yeah and no i can't start a professional apology service because uh people that need my services uh, don't believe that they need to apologize. Good point. <laughs> you know, I don't believe in a professional apology service because, like, I think that there are so many people that are just like the people that would need somebody to apologize for them would never ask somebody to right. apologize. The people most in need would never ask for help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love the Morgan Wallen apology too. Oh my god, that guy. He was not into it at all, but yeah. That, well, that's I don't think the... you should write it down. I nah. feel as though you shouldn't write down your apology either. That is another big plus to me. Also, like he was apologizing for some something. I don't know. I mean, I guess at the time it was harder to get COVID tested. So I mean, I mean I'll let it go. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that uh getting a, a case of COVID before the vaccines existed is a it seems like a pretty fucked up thing from no. the stuff I've read. So. But he didn't get COVID. Yeah, he but he was just doing himself. the shit, doing the shit to get COVID. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I feel that way, too. Uh, what year's the cutoff for that kind of shit? I'm going to have to say 2015, uh, especially bef if, if, if you're a comedian. If you're a person who makes your living in comedy. Uh, 2015 is, is, is basically the cutoff. I know that seems late. But like, uh, uh, you know, you want to give people time. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, you don't want to cut it off at like 2017 because yes, people knew better you know, by 2017, yeah. but 2015 just felt like kind of a, a pivotal year where people were having these conversations and hashing things out. And uh, I feel like 2015 is like, a, it, it's perfectly, if you did something before then, you know, it's like you I, I mean i still think that there's people that could have said something today that could be redeemed tomorrow like i don't i really don't think that like anybody's beyond well reproach see but i i think you're that's why i think you're early in on the science here because in the manner of making money online as far as social media is concerned um uh the skill is one part of it but the authenticity is the the major part like when mm -hmm. people think that you're 
that you care, that you're paying attention or that you give a shit enough to apologize. If you do it right and you care and you do pay attention and do your homework, you know, you win in the end. They will never accept your apology except for every apology I've done has been accepted. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> people the people that need it are like, "All right, well they apologize." Yeah, same with Brad, same uh, ever, most of the people I know that have apologized, it has been enough. Like people are generally pretty forgiving. Yeah. It is the thing where it's like, "No, you're just you're just saying you're sorry because that yeah. like Joe Rogan that Joe Rogan apology for saying the N-word, motherfucker, but, you'd be saying it yesterday. Yeah. If you didn't get caught. Yeah. And 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 uh, there's also that there's that weird thing where you're like, you can't just say I fucked up and let it hang. There's never the letting it hang. Like that's the Joe Rogan thing is like, I said the N-word and I shouldn't have done that. And uh it was taken out of context. That's what that was what it was. But in context, it was bad. And it's like, but I can't, I just have to. I can't end this in a way that just accepts responsibility. I have to ha I have to give you an explanation. It's always context. Yeah, and that's like you said, the I I've never been this person. I would never do anything like that. this. Like that's where people can't just take your licks. You got to take yeah. your fucking licks. That's and that's the way to do it. That's the only way to get respect is just put your tail between your legs and go away. And I've be, never, be actually sorry about it. I'm like on a campaign to end uh, uh, I've never been this person. I am on a campaign to end. My parents would be so yeah. ashamed if they found out that I said racist things. I've never said the N word in my life, except for the one time that a camera was that, around. That you <laughs> caught me saying yeah, it. I was so comfortable to say it into a fucking like TikTok. Yeah, there's so many times where people say stuff like that, and they're they're like, "You caught me saying it, so now I I've never said it except for this one time." Yeah, and you're like, "Dude, just." You said it, man. Just come on. It's like when I got caught cursing in front of my parents because, like, I'm crossing the street and a dog gets out and it starts running towards me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right, right. And they're like, where'd you learn that? My, and I'm fucking 17. And uh -huh. my stepmom's like, you probably say that all the time. It just came. It rolled right off your tongue. And it was like, you got a point there, man. I, I definitely say fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm a natural at this point. <laughs> I am. It does just come out. It just, it's, it rolls out smoothly. I think I know how to use it. Right. Yeah. I'm good at it, man. I would place a well-placed fuck. All right. You ready? Yeah. Take these calls. Yes. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Hank in Los Angeles. Hank, what's up? How's it going? The whole world calls me Hank. Uh, okay. Brett. Okay, we got to get to the bottom of that. You, whenever I call, you say something cryptic and weird, but I think you're referencing music. Is yeah, David Allen Coe. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's a David Allen Coe song. It's a it's, country music song that is one of the most hilarious concepts for a yeah, song. <laughs> it's really good. We and people talk about like um, the what's what's the group of them? The Outlaws. The uh, yeah, the one the, people talk about all the songs. This one is about the ghost of Hank Williams picking him up to give him like a ride on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. He and says, he says, you don't have to call me Mr. Mr. The whole world calls me Hank. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, uh, g ghost Hanks are all very helpful ghosts. We're, we're of like the, the benign chaotic helpful kind of ghost. So yeah, that makes sense. That track. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we, we want to help. We want to, uh, uh, I mean, calling you Hank Williams is about the biggest compliment 
that you can get yeah. from me and Brett. Just got to make sure you can bend them guitar strings. Yeah, don't be Hank Williams Jr. We're not calling you Hank Williams Jr. We're calling you Hank Williams. Even oh, though I, I like Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. more. I'm a, I, I, whenever I list my, my favorite Hanks, I get like real grief uh, because it's like Hank Williams Jr., Hank Williams Hank Hill. third, and then Hank Williams Sr. is third. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's okay. unlikable. The song you would, you would really, yeah, it it's sounds, a bad recording. They would, uh, yeah. There's a, a country singer named Hank Thompson, which is my, my full name. And that guy, uh, I, I've never listened to it. I have a record. Somebody gave me a record for it, but it's just a decoration at this point. So With your name on I it? They were just the like, this This record has your name on it. <laughs> He's a well Yeah, it was like a. Like, you know, like there was a whole crop of those guys that didn't like make it into the history books, so to speak, or at least the oh, zeitgeist. And, uh, but yeah, there was a guy named Hank Thompson that had a bunch oh, of, Oh, Hank Thompson, Hank Thompson, I'd probably go nuts for because he's got a song called a six pack to go, um, a six pack to go 1960. Uh, <laughs> oh, he wrote the wild side of life. That's Hank Thompson. Honky okay. tonk girl, 1954. Fuck. I'm going to listen to Hank Thompson. He's got some bangers. Honky Tonk Girl 1954 right. sounds like a fucking hit to me. I love honk. I like Honky Tonk Girls quite a bit. What are they? What What are the, uh, Honky Tonk Angels? I like a Honky Tonk Angel. Yeah, I do too. For sure. <laughs> Should kick yeah. in the nuts. Well, what's up, Hank? Well, um, I called a little while back and mentioned uh, that I had to, I got health insurance and I need to go ask my boss for a raise. So uh, this isn't much of a story, but I did go in and said, hey, I texted him first saying I'd like to talk about getting a raise. I, I, I couched it in terms of lowering stress. I'd like to be able to just go in and say, listen, motherfucker, I need more money because it's expensive to live. And now it's got worse. But of course, I can't. You got to get to like, you know, do this whole emotion, like sensitivity shit and try to act like you're just, you know how it's just awkward to ask for any kind of raise. It just sucks that we have to, um, that the power differential is always so, so apparent. But uh, yeah. I did. He's a nice guy, though. We, I, we ended up sitting down and uh, talking and got a raise. So I got a little bit of a raise and now I can pay all my bills. So that was good. That For was sure. an improvement. For sure. Uh, uh, yeah. That is a good way to say it. But if I was your boss and now I'm not the, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Don't take this as okay. as I would say giving you more money would cause me stress. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like yeah, taking exactly. more money out of my pocket and giving it to you, that would also cause me stress. So we got to figure out whose stress is more important. That's true. It, it, it just sucks that like you have to, cause I don't know. I'm sensitive to other people's stress. I'm saying like, like other people's uh, discomfort and stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, intuitively that your boss doesn't want to give you a raise because it will cause them stress because that means a little less money in their account or whatever, their pocket. And so you kind of internalize the bosses because you spend your whole day sort of like being outside yourself, having to follow orders, having to look after the company, having to do things on behalf of the, the place you work for. And that's not necessarily bad, but you kind of, it, it just seems that because of this power differential, it really makes you sort of, um, you have to inhabit their psyche more than they have to inhabit yours, I guess. And I don't know. I, I could say more about that, but. Yeah, I hate trying anyway. to get a raise. I, I, I hate, I never asked for a raise in my whole life. Like, I just, I don't know. 
too nervous to to go in and i always felt like the raises are straight up on a path you know like yeah the raise is gonna happen twice or once a year and you're gonna get what they're gonna give you i i never felt like i had any say on what i was gonna get um but i never tried yeah. either so i wouldn't know and that and you're, and you're also i mean the thing about it is that there's a lot of pressure that comes from these like yahoo answers and like hr websites which sounds like you have like a lot of bargaining power at your job but that applies to like a very small amount of like white collar workers basically you know mm-hmm. they're always presenting it like some fucking mechanic at jiffy lube can go in and do a good presentation and get <laughs> Yeah, they ain't giving 15, you shit. Yeah, fifteen percent raise or something. They're going to give you inflation. Is what they're going to give you. Yeah, or less. Yes, less really. the inflation. Yeah, I was I was pretty underpaid because I started at kind of like a, a very basic, like the the lowest level that they'll try you out for. So it's a it's a woodworking kind of you know thing. So yeah, I uh, it's good now. I mean, it's not good. It's better. Um, it, another another kind of interesting thing came up at work and sorry if your queue is long i can cut this just a little short but uh, that i'd be curious to hear what you guys think about this uh notion of like ownership in terms of time like just for instance you know you hear it's very common it's very normal um for a like a boss to gather everybody up and say like don't do stuff on on do stuff on your time don't do it on my time when they say my time though they're talking about your existence they're talking about you because you have sold them your time via the wage transaction. And I, stuff like that just makes, like, I, it just drives me insane that we all tolerate, or that we've all been conditioned to tolerate selling our, being owned by somebody else in a sense, in a, in a kind of a, I mean, I know that this could all be parsed out, obviously, but like, Stuff like that is just so gross to me. I just, I just the, the world doesn't have to be set up in a way where ownership, where you're, 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 a part of your day is owned by some other guy whether the, or some other person, whether you like that person or not, whether they respect you or not. It still seems completely ridiculous to me. It's interesting. I, I think if I had to look at it, like I don't feel like they're – I feel like if they're saying they bought your time, that when – the truth is they bought your body. I don't feel like they're buying your time. <laughs> like you're you're basically selling them that you will be at a place. I think that's time though. Like I don't, they don't care how long it takes to get the job done. They want you to be there like chained to the desk ready to go whenever they need you in a way. You yeah, know? that's a thing I never understood. I never understood the the idea of like, yeah, when you say they bought your time uh but when you say they bought your time, they bought eight hours from you. I've always found that to be, I, I, I think that like, I have made arguments over the 10 years back and forth on this show about salary and, uh, wages. But I think that in my opinion, uh, I think you should probably get paid salary, but if it hits 40 hours, you should get time and a half after that 40 hours. So like that's my wife's, my wife's job was like that in the lower part when she was lower down in the uh, ladder. Mm -hmm. Like she, she got paid for 40 hours a week. And then if 
there was overtime, she could work the overtime and get paid time and a half on top of it. And then they fucking changed. Once she moved up a little bit in the company, they changed it so that that is not the case anymore. She doesn't get overtime unless it's specifically said that she gets it. Right. And like, it's, it's never said she doesn't even get it. If she works a day after Thanksgiving or, you know, like Christmas Eve or something like that, it doesn't come on that either. It's the same pay, but if they need her to work, some fucking stupid amount of hours mm-hmm. they'll pony up but they usually won't they'll, they'll just be they know that she'll just do it yeah you know what i mean but like i think that the ideal condition really is i think 40 hours uh you get paid for 40 hours i don't care if you worked 40 hours if you worked 30 hours if you worked 20 hours you still get paid for that 40 hours and then when it goes above that there needs to be a penalty to the job in my to the employer if they keep you over 40 hours a week. And honestly, I think 40 hours a week is too much, yeah. but I'm just like working within the framework that we have. But I there needs to be a penalty. Agreed. Cuz if there's not, they'll just do it. That is why a lot of these people I mean, that is why a lot of these people are like that, right? Like, it's that, like, uh, uh, they know there's not a penalty. They know that if they just say your salary, it doesn't fucking matter how many hours you work a week. You're not expected to want any of that money. You know what I mean? Like, you're not expected to to care if you work 35 hours because for or 45 hours because for some reason they've paid it's such a nebulous thing how they pay you that that like yeah you're i'm being paid for my time except for if my time goes over a certain amount of time i'm actually not being paid for my time anymore i i am like doing it for free and uh it's frustrating because like you can look at it like that. Like if you're once you work forty five hours, then for all those forty hours, you just got paid less for everything else too. Like your hourly rate just takes starts starts dropping if you're not getting overtime. And my yeah. wife does it constantly because there is like, you know, she's been working at the same company for twenty years. There is a certain amount of uh, it, it. There's a certain amount of a guilt. I think once you get to a wage, which she's not even at like a crazy wage, trust me. Uh, uh, and like, there is this thing where they're, where like their rhetoric inside the place is that the rhetoric inside your job at this place is you take ownership of your problems and you fix those problems. And like, if, if you pick so now you're getting paid by this nebulous like it's a problem there there's this problem that's here and like i'm being paid to solve this problem whether or not this problem takes 48 hours or fucking four hours i'm being paid just for the problem but that is not actually the case uh because like you don't get paid to sit around for four hours on a day where there's only four hours of work. <laughs> like where they're like, well, the other four hours is your time and you can just do anything you want. Like you don't get paid for that. So <laughs> they'd fucking rather have yeah. you moving furniture around. Then that's what they used to do at the call center. They'd have me <laughs> motherfucking moving cubicles and stuff. 
like anything to, so that's, to that's, be working. Yeah, time time to lean, time to clean, sort of mentality. Yeah, and, and like the no, you know, the the notion of staying busy and I don't know. I just the the philosophical side of it is just what gets me. And I would agree that you're right. You are selling your body. I'd say you're selling your body and your time. Those aren't mutually exclusive. Those are, in fact, I'd say they're pretty inherently interwoven. You know, I, I honestly believe time is the most valuable. It's the, it's the only real scarcity that we have to face. We have a limited amount. We all know we have a, a ticking clock that's running down, and we have to spend most of our lives being ordered around in these dictatorships we call jobs. And mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just fucking bullshit. And I just wish there were... I know there's better systems. I know it's not something we can flip a switch on and, you know, and, and set up, you know, co-ops and unions. And, you know, I know that's going to, it takes time and it takes fighting. And that's like the eternal struggle of the labor movement is just like just increasing leverage for workers so that they don't always have to follow every order or have to, you know, live within this, this like kind of maniacal system. Um, I think, I it think is, I, it is screwy. I think I wonder what the better system is to tell you the truth, because like, I don't know that I, I I think in countries where there is universal healthcare, that that is a better system because there's universal healthcare backing up your benefits. So you don't have to worry about that as a part of your job. But I do wonder if it's, I mean, like, I don't think work is good anywhere. I really don't. I think people are being exploited in fucking Canada and Finland. And and it's just like, well, but, you know, you get to fall back on a social safety net. Whereas here, there isn't that. So you're kind of fucked in that situation here in in the United States. But I, I just think that, like, I wonder what a better, like, work relationship is because i can't imagine that like other places don't have the same some of the same of the worst problems you know what i'm saying so so like like the 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 boss screaming at people or, or abusive bosses and and shit like that like that's everywhere I think it has to be even in those countries, even right. in those Scandinavian countries that have, have like a lot of social network, social systems and stuff like that. I just don't know if there's anywhere where employees have power. I, I just don't know. I, I would never know. I'd love to hear from people if there are places where employees have power, because it, it feels like such a daunting task to me to even try to articulate what the system would be that would fix that. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I, I hear you. Like, how do you do set up a, a a world where there are no real, like what we have, where we don't have employer employee, you you were no matter where you work, you're an owner or you're, you know, it's part of a co-op or something and you get to participate in the democratic process because that's what co-ops are and unions are is that those are injections of democracy into workplaces. That's why bosses don't like them because it, it erodes their, Leverage. It's the same reason why they don't like Americans having health care, because that erodes leverage for the bosses. They know that when we get fired in America, we're even more destitute and desperate than they are in other countries. So our, our fuck you threshold is, is high, lower or higher. I don't know which direction, how to describe that. But like we can't say fuck you to our bosses as easily because unemployment and not, you know, that whole side of the world is your options are to follow your boss's orders or go be unemployed and be miserable and have to find another job and live on 
you know, in, into even more. And so when your when your culture backs you up, like they do in those countries you're talking about, it is easier for you to walk away or, and I th- the bosses know that. So they're going to be a little bit more uh, amenable to, um, or, you know, they're going to be a little less likely to be as abusive as they are. So America is like an abuse. Like we're just cranking up the temperature, all the different dials on the abuse on the possibilities for uh, abuse in that sense. Um, so, yeah, but I, I agree with you though. It's, it's not a simple fix. There's obviously a lot of complicated uh, things that would go into it. And like one way to maybe think of it, sorry, if I'm just rambling here, but like, try to talk somebody into the system we have, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, you get, you'll work for somebody. You won't get to make any of your own decisions. They will get to make, but you have to show up at a certain time and you'll get a, an amount of money. But if you don't like, I don't know, it's just like, it, it just seems like a weird, like I, you'd have a hard time talking somebody into this if they came from a society outside this kind of place. And we're just so used to it. It's just so cultural too. So yeah, it's weird. Cause I, I always I'm think about like, I always think about like, I don't know how possible it is to like have businesses with better co like how realistic it is for all businesses to sort of be a co-op. But I do wonder if we could lower the working hours, raise the wages, and then also create a social safety net behind that. And I think you have something there. I think that to me, like unemployment in the United States is a fucking pain in the ass. I've actually never been on it. So to tell you the truth, I don't know if it's a pain in the ass or not. Um, but, but I knew workman's comp was, I mean, most of the time it was, it went well, but when I had to see a doctor that's provided by the state, it went real bad. Like I was very nervous and it, it scared me. And, and I was kind of treated like meat that they had to get through the office. But like, uh, I, I mean, even our unemployment is, is not great. At least in Ohio unemployment is you have to like constantly justify shit. Um, you, you, you like have to constantly justify yourself being on unemployment where it's like, Oh, you got to apply for two jobs a week. And it's like, well, what does that even fucking mean? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to prove yeah, it I've somehow. Done yeah. I've done it in California where like, I don't know if I'm like, I would just go onto those sites and click, find the ones that are like one click submit. Cause I don't want to <laughs> end up doing a whole bunch of crap. to buy. And then I screenshot it and put it in a folder in case the unemployment needed it. And I had no idea if I was even gathering <laughs> enough proof. All very stressful, though. It's all just like you just, you know, but it's designed to be stressful. Every state has, is different, but they, they're, they're very clearly, especially those running by Republicans, but it's not just Republicans. Of course, the Democrats are also committed to this nightmare system of like, you know, turning the screws to make sure that workers are, are, aren't comfortable when they're not working so that they have to go off and, and put up with shit from some shitty boss. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a possible, it's the world could be so much better and all those yeah. things. And then like when, as far as like having co-ops, you can do things where there's like first right of purchase or something like that, where workers get to buy the company if they choose to, after the owner dies or something, you can oh, also have fair. banking uh, that have it so that like, they, like you can get loans to set up co-ops. None of it's super simple or straightforward, but the system is set up is, is heavily weighted and tilted towards. Uh, increasing leverage for owners and decreasing leverage for workers. It all comes down to just leverage. It's all just about buyer power and negotiation power. That's all it is. But that's yeah, a really good uh, point. It sucks. Yeah. All work. It's a fucking nightmare. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate every bit of it. 
Yeah. I just wish they'd give um, you a job when you're born. <laughs> that would be bad for me, though, because I'd still be doing that instead yeah. of this. Sometimes I just wish that, like, if you didn't have a job, you could go to a place and they'd be like, this is your job now. Like, because I always hated the application process, you know. Uh, I, uh, I've said this on the show before, but I'm not. I, I always blame it on my last name because it's an ugly last name, or I think that I'm ugly, and uh, people just don't hire me. I don't get interviews at the same speed as other people, so that's all. Yeah. Uh, um, Hank, thanks for calling, buddy. Uh, uh, it was a good conversation. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. If you, yeah, I, uh, I have a story about uh, how you shouldn't get gasoline on your penis. I keep trying to tell you. So, uh, but if you have other calls, we can. I'll save that one for later. We got, Time, yeah. we got other calls, but I promise uh, uh, we will. We want to hear about gasoline penis, which I have this that one condition has myself. In, 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 but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a good tease. Okay, good. Thanks for calling, Hank. Yeah, I had that on Valentine's Day. Gas penis? How'd you get gasoline on your penis? My sweetie made huevos rancheros. And with jalapenos, oh, and we we touched the fucking jalapenos, and then we were going at it, and it was like this is getting like super hot. And she was like, "I I'm glad you said something because I'm on fire too." And then we put it all together and was like, "Yeah, that's what happened." Same fucking thing. I've I've had penis, eyes, face, forehead. I don't wash my hands after I touch peppers, and I got I don't fucking know why I don't yeah. do it every time. I'm like I'm gonna fucking wash my and. You can't get that stuff off your hands, dude. You get, it just doesn't come off. If you soap and water, it does. I do. But I don't do it until after I've already touched every part of my body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you get in the shower? Yep. <laughs> yes, I have done that. I have gotten, uh, uh, I have, I have went to take a piss after touching a jalapeno. And, <sighs> it's a lot. Yeah. You fucking have you like sweating and kind of like that that i mean i guess it's better than getting kicked in the nuts just so. sharp pain yeah i i prefer sharp pain over dull pain mm-hmm. thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight hey this is jackson from canton north carolina what is up jack jackson jackson yeah ah what's up jackson uh not a whole lot i uh, just wanted to call in um and uh first of all i was wondering when you guys uh were gonna i don't know if you were considering coming out and maybe getting ahead of it or uh, apologizing i've seen some interesting photos of you guys on the internet with one osama bin laden uh, <laughs> yeah you know, sometime around well, i'm friends uh, with the him. late 90s i believe i'm actually you know friends <laughs> with him people have made official allegations that we're stupid uh, assholes we're not ready to address those yet <laughs> that we're stupid assholes isn't it the craziest fucking thing of uh uh it is is even just I understand that the internet was new and Photoshop was new, but my I'm gonna tell you a quick little thing here. Uh my dentist growing up had a folder in his uh lobby where when the adults were setting up the next dentist appointments for their kids. They would give, he would give them like a small stack of, of dirty cartoons on for their parents <laughs> printed paper. Yeah. For the parent, they would give it to the Just parents. Take home joke. Yeah. And my parents wouldn't like let us 
see them obviously they yeah. would give you a folder with your insurance like your stuff but it would also come with like stapled together three or four funny memes it was basically memes, memes. yeah yeah Pre are these memes. like are these like gary larson are these like particularly wry gary larson panels or is this or is this like softcore dirty picture naughty yeah. stuff like is, is it really weird think of playboy cartoons but like Okay. Different styles and different, like, because you look at when you see, think of a, a meme page where it's like just fun and just fun and just fun and yeah, <laughs> just fun with the gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be those kind of memes, just okay. fun and or like maybe like it's big, and hairy, it's big and hairy and it's kind of scary. It's a spider. You have a dirty mind. Yeah, or like or like Shaggy like jerking off the Velma or something like just like whatever they would think was funny. They'd run it off on a copier and and sure. parents would get them. My parents loved this Dennis. He was the <laughs> meanest man in the history of the world to us. And then yeah, they would keep he, it. He gave you a little dirty meme on the way home. Yeah, my parents. Little, I didn't get a dirty picture. He would write out the story of voodoo dick. Yeah, yeah, but people... Here's the fucking thing about that. Like... Yeah, you couldn't get it. Back then... Yeah, that back, was a commodity. But back even in 2000, you knew that like a picture of the Dixie Chicks with, with fucking Osama Bin Laden is not like anything to treat seriously. I mean, yeah. I could have seen that being handed to my parents at the fucking dentist. Like, that would be... Some ribald humor. <laughs> yeah. Just a little something fun. I thought all dentists... Hey. I thought all dentists did that, too. Yeah, I don't know. That's a special kind of dentist. I've never had a dentist do it. No, mine hasn't either. Dr. Finelli, man, he was just oh, fucking I think... ready. Uh, the, well, I was... So I was born in 1998, so the... The the idea that like a, a major reporter on a major station like that would just be like, so we've seen some photos and it appears here that you're with a collection of interesting cats doing funny types of things. I was wondering when you would uh, apologize for that. It's uh, because, you know, since I was relatively young, I've been you know, taking pictures of my friends and like blowing up their faces to make them look like 20% more weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's like 90% of the pictures very... in my phone is triple H's face looking back. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it seems it's like the, it, I like I take it for granted that for any picture that I see on the internet is in some way doctored before I get to it, you know, whether that's, you know, some, some minor thing or whether it's, you know, putting, Gaddafi in the background or whatever it is. I guess I kind of found it even crazier that uh, I, I think I found it even crazier that she said people out there are calling you dumb broads. Like, I did that too. Was, it really blew me away. <laughs> that another woman would say people, like people are saying this is a respectable claim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are calling you dumb broads. Like that's a crazy thing for the news to say. Yeah, and then all those people that are getting interviewed on the streets. Oh, yeah, the Dixie Chicks. I, I threw away all the CDs. It's a damn shame because I spent all my money with them before. They were listening to those CDs, oh, yeah. too, right. even after the thing. They didn't throw. I hated, like, I hated also that, like, you, there wasn't anybody in the piece that I played. And I played the whole piece. 
there was nobody in the piece that I played that was on their side. Not a single person. And that, I think, is the perfect microcosm of post 9-11 until about 2010 or so. Uh, that was what life was like. Like I, I know Howell said that most of the people in his life were anti-war. But like I didn't fucking talk to an anti-war person until probably fucking 2011. I didn't know nobody that was like not for the Iraq war and, and like, except for a Nazi, like I said. So it was just sort of like, oh, okay, well, sure. You know, I can't be on his side, of course. you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I never met anybody. So I, I sort of think like, I think it's crazy. And it also makes me wonder like what is happening now, like that I'm actually not seeing. Does that make sense to you? Like, because it's just not there. The I'm news? more plugged in. What is mainstream media putting out there right now? What are those people falling in for? Falling? Yeah. Or like, is it, but is it even possible? Because this is the only thing you could do was like watch. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The, there was, there was nothing else to spend your time on. Yeah. There were other things, but yeah. It was also a build, right? Yeah. Like they would build it through the week. It's like, find out what the Dixie chicks have to say on the Diane Sawyer. <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm with you man i'm with you but yeah we do we we've been hanging out with osama bin laden uh we helped him do 9-11 but don't tell anybody that yeah because I, yeah i i might distance yourself from that particular operation um i know he had some you know bigger successes that tend to get swept under the rug for political reasons and we all know what those are um so you know yeah. Nowadays, yep. you know, hard to say almost anything. Uh, well, I'll tell you this: if you didn't see the if you didn't see the scroll at the beginning of the show, this Friday on I'm Sorry, it's Kramer Day. Kramer, We're doing Kramer, baby. Oh no! Hey, stop, Kramer time. <laughs> We're gonna do the fucking the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life is the Letterman appearance. Where Jerry Seinfeld was on Letterman and he said, uh, I have a special friend with me. And then they brought Kramer up on a screen and Kramer is saying, like, you know, I feel really bad for I love Afro-Americans. He keeps saying Afro-Americans. Wow. So old. That's and, like a vintage. <laughs> Jerry has to keep saying, stop laughing. None of these are jokes. Oh, so, really? <laughs> Amazing. It's a full-on amazing situation. <laughs> so Kramer, yeah, that sounds crazy. It is. It, it yeah. Because I mean, I mean, when did Kramer happen? That would be two thousand seven. It was that late. Oh yeah, it it was because it was caught on a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Was that early cell phone? You are trying to. You are getting to the early cancellations. Because I was trying to think of what who what was the cancellation before the chicks? Oh man, I don't. Well, they were like we disagree, and you're not allowed. Well, they were on to make money. It was 2006 was when that happened. But they all the cancellation, all the pre cancellations. I've always said were were really stupid things. Like Millie Vanilli, uh, Hugh Grant picking up a sex worker see but those are getting caught doing something i meant more having an opinion like the chicks had an opinion that was went against mainstream bill maher calling the 9-11 calling 
Bill Maher called the people on the airplanes for 9-11. Oh, yes. He said they weren't cowards. We were cowards because we were lobbing cruise missiles at Tylenol. Yes, you're right. And he got, I mean, he was off the air in like three days. It was, it was, but he did that like two or three days after 9-11 too. Cause I was thinking of like, you know, like Marilyn Manson had got like boycotted and, and like Alice Cooper even got boycotted, but the Dixie chicks were like expressed a mild opinion and people were like, no, you cannot fucking say that. Yeah. But you weren't allowed. I mean, remember how they treated, uh, Jenny Garofalo? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just kind of one of those. No, it was the time. It it, Jenny Garofalo would go on the news. They would have an expert that was like, and I said this on, on the show this week, they would have an expert. That's like, this guy is a professor at Yale university. And he's talking about why we need to go to war with Iraq. And then he'd be like, and for the counterpoint, it's J- comedian J- Janine Garofalo. Right. right. <laughs> it's like, it just felt like not an even She's in charge. Yeah. Nine yeah. 11 uh, thing happened. Oh, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, this was like way after, right after 9-11 when Bill Maher said it. So I, I would lean toward probably Bill Maher being September 17th, 2001 was when that happened. And I would say he might be the first like had a political opinion cancellation that I can think of. And, okay. and I can't think of anybody else. Golly. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else. Michael Dukakis got canceled for saying he wouldn't kill his the person that like assaulted his wife. They trapped him though. That was <laughs> yeah. so wrong what they did to that guy. They were like, so you're because the way they did it was at the debate, they were like, so uh you're against the death penalty. And he's like, Yes. And then they're like, So if somebody killed your wife. Do you think that they should get the electric chair? What the fuck is the guy supposed to say? Right. <laughs> I'm not like defending Dukakis. I don't know what is other. I'm sure he was an asshole. I'm just saying that like, yeah, you have to say no. Yeah. You have to be hardline. But then people were like, this, this guy wants to be the president, but he doesn't even love his wife. He didn't say he would take his <laughs> thumbs and push him in the eye holes of any man that touched his wife. This guy wants to be the president, but he didn't love his wife. He wouldn't kill wife. somebody for his wife. He didn't love his wife. He wouldn't revenge his wife's murder. <laughs> Not at all. It's so fucking funny, man. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, well, Jackson. Well, how soon after was uh, Gilbert Gottfried? Oh, that was uh, uh, at a roast right after 9-11. And the joke is hilarious, though. That's one of the times where, like, a motherfucker told a joke that is so funny. And then he got he got canceled for a joke. And it's it's the joke is so it's something like uh, I was flying into New York. I, I, I want to do it justice, but it was something like I flew into New York and we had a we had a, a stop at the Empire State Building. It was something like that. And it was so I, I heard that and I was like, Jesus Christ. But he got also like he lost a lot of his sponsorships, not for the 9-11 joke, but for like Howard Stern show appearances, because I mean, I listened to all of Gilbert's Howard Stern appearances last year, getting Shocktober ready. And needless to say, I couldn't play any of them on the show because the guy is just, I mean, the guy. That he, reckless? 
oh, n word it up constantly, constantly. And uh, it was it was nuts. But it was the '90s. It's still wrong. But yeah, he was he just the yeah, guy will joke about anything. That's the thing about Gilbert. Um, is he'll joke and he was he was a duck. That that's the thing he got taken away from him was uh because he's the Aflac duck. Remember uh-huh. Aflac? Yeah. And he was getting paid mad money to say Aflac, and then people were like, Oh, so the Aflac company thinks 9-11's funny? I right, mean, right. come on. But that's funny. That happened at, at a roast. So I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Well, Jackson, thanks for calling. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. You guys uh, got me through my job last winter working at Domino's. So thank you for that. Oh, oh yeah. thank you. Thanks, thank bro. You. Yeah, I, I, you I, like, I almost ordered Domino's today. I remember you now. All right. Peace. <laughs> you guys have a good night. You too. I almost ordered Pizza Hut tonight for dinner, which I haven't had Pizza Hut since Survivor, the first season of Survivor. Oh my God. Yeah. Who knows what it could be now? That's what I Who knows what you're in for? That's what I was trying to tell my family. They were like, we ain't going to eat Pizza Hut. And I'm like, what do you know? You don't know. know. Yeah. It's not anything anything that you've known before. (laughs) You stepped away too long. The formula has changed for sure. I was having a fucking, I was having a real heavy craving for Pizza Hut today. Wow. Glenn tried to get Papa John's, and I was like, we ain't getting Papa John's. But we ended up getting Granddad's. Uh, we did not get chain pizza. Granddad's rocks. Yeah, it's good. But we wanted, I really wanted Pizza Hut. Why? Do Why? you think it's good now? It, because when I was a kid, Pizza Hut was the best pizza in the fucking entire world. Yeah, I think it sucks ass. I, I mean, okay. <laughs> I like it. I do like it when I get the little personal pan pizza. If you can get the personal pan pizza at the airport or from like a combination Taco Bell with the breadsticks, I think that's good. But calling up a Pizza Hut restaurant and having them prepare a pizza for you, I don't know, man. That's a, that's so bad. That's so dicey. Well, they don't deliver to my house, and I'm not picking a Pizza Hut up la- for sure. Last time I paid for Pizza Hut when um, we were moving from – Dallas, Texas to Washington, D.C., and we got stuck somewhere in fucking Arkansas, and we had to stay the night, and we pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, and it was like 11 p.m., and we needed food to order, and pizza was the only thing open, and I tell you, I was so goddamn hungry, and I took like one bite of that and just was like, oh, fucking goddamn it. I'm not going to eat. I said, I'm not going to eat it. I just slammed it down and said, I'm not going to fucking eat it. What's what's funny about that is like the reason I haven't had Pizza Hut since the first season of Survivor is because on the finale, me and Katie and our roommate ordered Pizza Hut, a large pepperoni pizza. It got delivered and uh, one side didn't have any cheese or pepperoni <laughs> or sauce. Slid. It was totally just blank, blank. Nothing on it. When this is before online, so we didn't fuck up the order. We ordered on the phone. Yeah, this is before no no toppings, all beef on left side. Yeah, so we called them and said, this is what happened. It's a half a piece situation. The motherfuckers are like, we'll get one right out to you. They brought it, and it was only half done because... The motherfuckers were like, well, we're not going to get yeah, you. you get a half a pizza. Yeah, you said you didn't we, get a half a pizza. We owe you one half of a pizza. Yeah. yeah. Wait, they, a cut half, like the other half was missing? No, it wasn't missing. It was just, just exactly dressed. the same as the other 
pizza. What is going on? I, that, that's why I haven't had Pizza Hut. And so I was so mad at the situation. I thought it, it just is like one of the worst restaurant experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's redeemable. Um, like I said, the personals are good, though. If it's a gas station, if it's a travel, a truck stop in fucking somewhere in Maryland, they go. They yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. No, I should do that. Uh, yeah. A couple more calls here. Thanks for calling hey. Street Fight. Am I on? Be psycho. Missouri. What's up, Be psycho. Yeah. How's it going? It's actually not good. It's but not good. Anyway, you'll just you'll see that if you if you see my if you see my timeline or whatever. Actually, I just wanted to say something about that whole like thing you were you guys were talking about with the whole like gangster shit thing. Yeah, like Thug Kitchen. The like the the most amazing thing I've ever thought about it. Like, I mean, I'm I'm 39 years old. I I grew up with gangster rap. I was listening to gangster. Shit. I even stole gangster rap albums from my older brother. Sure. The thing that always got the thing that gets me about the whole gangster shit thing is that if you think about the actual effects of gangsterism, like the worst gangsters in the world are the one in the terms of gangster with an ER are like people in suits. Yeah. Like like, like, if you took, like, the worst fucking gangbanger or, like, cartel hitman you could possibly think of, their body count is nowhere near even, like, the most pacifist of U.S. presidents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even lean into, like, saying that, like, the worst gangster on on the street is not as bad as some of those fucking mafia freaks that were, were just, but they all shoot each other. That's the thing that people don't under fucking stand is like a lot of times when they're like criminals are, are shooting people and the bullets do sometimes hit people. They weren't intended to hit like kids and they go through houses and shit like that. But like most of the time they're just shooting each other is really the fucking honest truth. Like it's so much that would like this country will will basically scream so much about some I'm black, so this country will scream so much about some niggas shooting at each other and occasionally hitting some innocent bystanders. Meanwhile, like Madeleine Albright can say on the news that like a million dead Iraqis because because of sanctions is worth it. Yeah, I mean the police are gangster as hell and they get to do what they want and they have their own turf and they defend it and they shut people out and yeah, there's a lot more gangster shit going on than just folks trying to hold down their block. Yeah. And again, when I was in school and I, I took like criminology classes, they talked about, and, and it's funny because I had, you know, listened to Opie and Anthony for several years where, you know, Anthony Cumia is a guy that is like, uh, uh, terrified 
of a uh, a home invasion is is what he was always talking about. And like, I remember being in a crim class and even when they brought a cop in to talk to the class about stuff like that, he said that like most home invasions are people who are like, they know each other. It's like (laughs) a person gets mad, they run in and they shoot somebody in the house. Like if you're not doing home invasions, you probably aren't that at risk for a home invasion. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's funny. I was like, we, we like we treat we teach we teach some of the wrong people to worry about the wrong the wrong things. Like I remember once my mother complained because she noticed I left my like I left my car unlocked. I'm like, I'm poor and I ain't got nothing of value in in that car. And like, what do I have to worry about? It ain't a Lexus. Yeah, I leave like, my car unlocked. Like, Yeah, it's like if honestly, if someone online stole my identity, they'd give it back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I leave my car unlocked because I grew up with the belief that if you lock your car door, it's more likely that somebody would break your window. That I, that I might. I understand that that's not how shit works and that a lot of times people go up to the car and they check and if it doesn't open, they just move on. But I have chosen in my mind to think that if I lock my doors, then somebody will break the window to get in and get the 75 cents out of my console. (laughs) So, well, hey, hey, B-Psycho, tell people where to find you because if you can help out, uh, B-Psycho is in a rough spot and, uh, Tell them where to find you. Yeah, one of, one of the, listen to us for a long, been a Street Fight supporter for years now at this point, maybe a decade. Long, t- long time, Street Fight OG. Throwing up the sign, y'all can't see it, see it right now, but whatever. Anyway, my account on Twitter is at bpsycho1. I talk about like leftist anarchist shit and also like sports and music and food and stuff and also i have a soundcloud that that's that's in my bio i I post like electronic music and some like like gangster shit that i I recorded with this dude dude out of louisiana a while back nice nice fuck yeah well yeah go if you can help out be psycho please do and thank you for calling appreciate it all right Peace out. Peace I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to be. So am I. Yeah. Yeah, the the it is it is that that thing about like worrying so much about something. First of all, if somebody's gonna shoot you, they're gonna shoot you. I, I don't yeah. even know what the fuck to do about that, but that's not gonna happen. It just no, we spend so much of our time focused on like these insane violent crime and TV shows and all of this stuff that isn't happening for most people, you know, for most spiritual gangsters out there and like protected white society, they, they aren't even dealing with these things, but it's like the, the focus of all of their time, you know? Oh my God. I have to say this before we take the next call real quick. Bleak Sigal keep in the uh, chat said, uh, my last car was a rag top. So it was better to leave it unlocked than have someone cut the roof open. Yeah. I grew up, my parents worked very hard, I guess, 
and they always wanted convertibles. So they would buy the cheapest convertible. You could, well, Chrysler Sebring, uh, they, they would buy a Chrysler. They bought a Chrysler Sebring and it was the biggest thing in their life. They, I thought it was like a Rolls Royce type car and they, <laughs> they would every now and then somebody at first, somebody dumped beer on the rag top at one oh, point no. and that did badly to the rag top, but also it got cut a couple times and broke into. And when I asked them why they said, uh, when I asked them why it happens, they said, cause people see this car and they, they get jealous because they wish they could have something this nice. And they, they cut the rag top. Yeah. Then, now that I'm older, it's like, it's a Chrysler Sebring. These people drank Haterade before they did this, Brian. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, they, yeah. Somebody dumped beer on top of their Sebring and, uh, it really fucked them up. I, I don't even like convertibles. I think it's like, whatever. They're great. I don't get nothing. They're exciting. I don't even like the moon roof. I don't I don't even use like if I had a sunroof in my car, I don't I used to have one in one of my old cars, never used it. Never. I love them. I wish I wish I had one again. Yeah. Yeah. How do you use your air uh, winners and losers in the chat said my airbag got stolen out of my Prius. No good. Uh, so how do you Prius do are that just filled with expensive fucking parts? All it is. <laughs> this is the most expensive parts. That car is worth way more. As parts, like as a whole car, nothing as yeah. parts, a lot. <laughs> Did you see that thing about the Tesla charging gimmicks? No, you can cut the wire off of it and it's full of copper wire. Oh, so God people are going it. around and just <laughs> chopping the things off those charging. Yeah, stations. finding. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny, man. Getting yourself a length of copper. Yeah. A good amount. Of, they're going to start locking those things behind a yeah. fence and it's going to be a whole thing. Like only Prius, uh, only, uh, only, uh, Tesla. Tesla drivers will be able to have the combination to yeah, they're gonna get have to a, the hose. You're right. They're going to have some sort of garage on the side that you have to, to ask for the, you have to go inside and ask the clerk for the code. Yeah, but now people are just slicing them, uh, just ripping those things off and trading the copper. All right, last call. All right. Mm. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's up? Oh, shit. Is that me? This is you. You're the only person Who on. Who can it oh, be hey now? Oh, this is amazing. Hey, guys. I'm Robbie. I'm from Cincinnati. Howdy. What's up, Robbie? I was gonna tell you about the time. I was gonna tell you guys about the time I got catfished. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, this okay. we've never had a catfish call before. Well, here's the thing: I almost got catfished when I first got MySpace. Really? Yeah, it's embarrassing. Actually, I didn't almost get catfished. <laughs> so I who were you trying I was, to date? I, yeah, I was a fucking premium mark for it. I didn't get catfished. Okay, but. When I got on MySpace, I got a message from a really hot chick that said, hi, how are you or whatever, and like wanted to talk to me. So I, 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 I took the, showed my wife. I was like, come in here. This hot girl's trying to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so if I had been single, <laughs> I would have definitely gotten catfished. There. Sure. You would have lost your credit card info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so uh, when I was in high school, I um, 
I just gotten out of this breakup. And so you know how on like social media, if you connect your, uh, you can like search people by their contact. Yes. Like contacts you might have in your phone. Yeah. Well, so I was looking at like um, people you may know based on my contacts, and I found this girl, and I'm like, this girl is very good looking. And I'm like, okay, well, it says I have her number, so either I have this girl's number, and I don't remember who she is, or she has someone else's phone number that she like used to have connected to her account. I'm like, either yeah. way, it's worth a shot. It's my area code. Um, so I messaged her when we. We chatted for a few hours, and eventually she like she she wanted to start sending naughty photos. It, okay. it was her it was her uh, uh, her lead on that, and I, I followed. I was happy to, and so you know we sent some pictures back and forth, and it was a very great time. I'm so happy because I just got out of a broke breakup. I was feeling real good about myself. Like this girl wanted to see me naked. Hell yeah! Nice. Yeah. Well then. Okay, all right, here's some, here's some important content. So I, uh, I have a, a brother. Um, he's my age. He's not really my brother, but, like, my family took him in when we were in high school. We went to high school together. But, uh, he had some family problems. And he's gay. So I'm telling, as I'm telling him about my, my day talking to this girl, he's like, Oh shit, Robbie! What the fuck are you sending me right now? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why the fuck is your dick on my phone? What? Oh no! It turns out it was his ex-boyfriend. He he was like talking to a guy online who lived in like New England. His and it was ex-boyfriend's catfish account linked to his phone number, which I had in my phone. Oh. So I was sexting his boyfriend, and he forwarded all my nude photos to my brother. Oh, <laughs> oh my no! God. Uh, at least what it's a your piece brother, of though. Shit, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, well, but they were forward. I guess that means they were forward, forwarding it to other people, right? But I, I was gonna say, like, well, at least it was so. only to your brother because that would be. I mean, if my brother saw me naked, I wouldn't be happy, and I don't think he's probably seen me naked till we were since we were single digits. Uh, in age yeah but i could yeah. definitely uh uh oh man see but I, you 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 know where they're at like why you could you could you know where they're you know this where this person lives right no no did you I know where they idea. live yeah you know who they are though not at all no i don't think yeah. they won you know um, the ex-boyfriend no the guy oh he, well they never met they met online Oh, oh man! Jesus. So they the... were just messaging each other online. So he didn't know anybody I knew besides my brother. Fortunately. Oh God! Yeah. So they were like trying to. Okay, were they using picks. your photos to catfish other people? Is was that what was going on? No, they were trying to get wiener pics. Oh, well, pretending to be a lady. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, that... so I think it might have been a good opportunity for him. To, yeah. Like, I just by chance messaged him on his catfish account. So he was a catfisher. This was a female, like a fake female account yeah. that he had oh my in God. order to catfish. I probably straight dude. dude and it was I, just a perfect opportunity. I walked into it. I gave him the opportunity to like get revenge against my brother for breaking up with him. I came so close to getting catfished back in like on AOL 
in the uh, um, in the chat rooms, I would go in there just as horny as you could ever possibly be, looking for uh, uh, people. Then they would send me their picture, and it was always like a porno girl naked. So I was like, oh my god, I got this porno girl's picture. She didn't even ask me for my picture. Everything's going really great, mm-hmm. and like, uh, uh, so I came real close. I just at the time, if I had had a car. I would have, I would have met somebody off the internet, <laughs> but I never had a car. So I was, I was sure. like pretty safe as I didn't have a car. I didn't have any money. And like, uh, so I ended up being okay. But yeah, I mean, I can see it happening. I, I just, I, I would think it would be very hard, especially in web 1.0, not to get catfished. Like I just yeah. would yeah, see that. Yeah, it would have been tough. Well, wow. Okay. Well, that is a good story. It, it, and it it all turned out okay. You're you're doing well now. Yeah, I wasn't worried whatsoever about my brother seeing my dick. No, you don't. Um, Brothers nah, are allowed my to dick see plenty it. Plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine has never maybe seen mine, so that is something. That's a special arrangement we have. Yeah, we have a we have a deal well, with know, each other. <laughs> so we have like, a deal with each other not to show my penises. Brother. Ah. My real like my half brother has never seen my dick, but my foster brother has. But me and my, my half brother, he's like ten years older than me, so we weren't in that same house too much. Yeah. Growing yeah. up. Yeah. And just kids show off their dicks. I mean, that is just when you're living with two people. Yeah, they're when, fun. Yeah, you just show them off, man. I walked around in my underwear a lot growing up in whitey tidies, which I think was like, that's the most adventurous I ever was in my entire life. And I was watching something last week on TV mm-hmm. and somebody was wearing whitey tidies. And for some reason, it hit me like a fucking bullet. Like, why did the why were those the like the default underwear for so fucking long? Like it felt like when I was a kid, they didn't even make other kinds of underwear. No, BVDs. <laughs> yeah. Why was that it? Like you don't even and you don't fucking used to see wait till we get our hands on you commercials and fruit of the loom yeah. commercials. And that's all they were fucking selling yeah. on those commercials. Now you don't even see them. I wouldn't know where to buy it's a sex titles. thing now. Whitey tidies is no, not whitey tidies. I guess just bikini cut underwear. Yeah, no, I don't. Whitey tidies are the worst. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they still sell. See, them. They can't. I'm no looking. one wants those. I, I don't know how to search it, so I'm just looking up whitey tidy. Haynes <laughs> classics. Uh, men's insta dry. Ew, I don't <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> um, wait, no, they're black. Wait. <laughs> Let no, me see. the white ones with the white. green, with the, the band that has the blue and the yellow. Damn, they're not even cheap, The Wiggly dude. Bacon band at the top, like the elastic is busted. So <laughs> That's what like, I had. That was always wearing some kind of whitey tighties with a busted ass. Where, where like the whole band's the just gone. The just, yeah, it got stretched <laughs> too far one time. Yeah. You got your toe caught in it, and now it just gave. I'm totally looking. Uh they're called just oh oh briefs. Stafford briefs white briefs okay under. so I found the Stafford brand cotton men's six pack briefs thirty bucks okay I might get back into whitey tighties now dude I mean 
Yeah, I, I I think that white's a bad color for underwear, in my opinion. <laughs> Why did that happen? Yeah. For, I mean, colorful stuff happens <laughs> below the belt. Yeah, and you know what? I I think like it didn't matter when they invented them because everybody's underwear was gross looking. Oh no, you know? they had yeah, they had like little clasps that they had. They had like wear like suspenders under their clothes. Yeah, and shit. Yeah, like the 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 weird sock thing. The socks, Remember yeah, the, the sock garters things? on your yeah. socks. You wore a little Why little contraption around your calf to hold your fucking socks socks up. Why? Because there's no elastic. I guess it's because oh. I didn't have elastic. Yeah. When did they invent elastic? I didn't know that elastic had. Okay, I just almost said something really stupid. I almost said I didn't know elastic had to be invented. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, you get it from elastic trees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking though. I I am. I mean, whitey tidies are way cheaper. I BVDs. Buy, look for the look for a vintage pair of BVDs. Because I buy like underwear. I think that's what James Dean wore was BVDs. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'll bet they don't make them though. I'll bet you they fixed BVDs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they don't make them anymore, dude. Oh, oh wait. fruit of the loom got them. Mm, yeah. All right, stop wearing underwear. You know, start Brian, wearing BVDs. I'm a boxer brief wearer. I am. I actually wear. Um, you wear the separation underwear? No. I'm wearing those right now. Sacks? But they're no Separatech. I wouldn't buy oh, something called Sacks. That's a gross. Uh, no, I wear. Um, they're these underwear you buy on Amazon and they're uh, 20 bucks for three pair. Mm hmm. But uh, they keep my thighs from rubbing together, and they're the only thing that's ever done that. Okay. So that's what I wear. They're they're like uh, they're kind of longer, and they they come down to like right above where my shorts come to. Sometimes you even see them sticking out the bottom of my shorts. Sure. Uh, but they're they're just like they're very long, and like when I walk, I don't get my chub rub. That's because I was always chafing all the time. I had to find something and I haven't found anything else like those underwear. So I just keep buying them over and over again. Literally don't know the brand. Just go on Amazon, look at past purchases and say, give me two more of those. But like pairs of these things have lasted me like a whole summer. Whereas like with other stuff that I had, I ripped through them like I do shoes, which I always hear, oh, Brian, you're hard on stuff. You are. But how are you hard on yeah. underwear, though? You just are are. That is that's your what existence Katie is hard. Too. Your Every... existence is hard. On <laughs> how is my existence? You hard? yank on it recklessly. I don't yank on my under. I don't touch my underwear during the day. They just rip. I don't know why I go through like more you're, underwear than you're... people. You're like vibrating at a higher intensity that just like destroys. <laughs> I'm not hard on. To always hear you're hard on clothes. What do I do that's hard on clothes? It's, Im it's amazing know. to me. No, I mean, you're the only person that has the problem. That's what's incredible about it. I can't believe it. It's just like your existence just it just dis disintegrates stuff. It's harder than everybody. This is something very hard about me that yeah. breaks shit and hurts stuff. Yeah, everybody. It's probably my wife, all that walking. Yeah, I mean, walking, walking, that's true. It's so much, yes, there you go. The walking fucks my shoes up and maybe my underwear, but like, I would say everything that breaks that I own, everybody looks at me and says, well, Brian's just, you know, 
He's hard on stuff. You know, he breaks stuff. And it's yeah. like, I don't do anything to stuff. I literally don't do anything to stuff. Yeah, you should try being nicer to it or kinder or softer. Because you're not doing anything except for him being extremely hard on it. <laughs> no, no. I don't You should hate- maybe be more attentive. You need to be more kinder. I don't know how you would do that. That's the thing. My socks get holes in them. Katie's like, you're very hard on socks. I'm like, what the fuck do I do to socks? They go in my shoe. And I don't touch them for the whole rest of the day. I set it and forget it. I get shit about my shoelaces. Oh, you're hard on shoelaces. Well, I mean, I want to tie my fucking shoes. What do you do to tie your fucking shoes that they don't? I, I mean, everybody I, I, has I mean, to switch shoelaces. shoelaces recently yeah um i used to skateboard so i went through shoelaces a lot too um yeah. i can't remember the name of them but i had these shoelaces that were indestructible oh okay i, oh, I wish name. you knew the name of that because everybody's always telling me uh uh that i'm hard on my on my shoes too i'm on my socks or on my shoelaces and it, it's like I thought shoelaces were made to tie a pair of shoes. That is all I'm saying. Like, you should have to. What they should do. Here's the thing. The quality control people at the shoe companies should get. Here's what I'm saying. They should get a thing that clamps on one end of the shoelace. And then on the other end of the shoelace, okay? Mm-hmm. And they should squeeze that until they should pull that, okay? Until it is like it has to stay intact if the strongest man in the world gotcha tied his shoes as tight as he could. Make make them for everybody, including the strongest man in the world. Thank you. Because you're not him, but you're pretty damn close. Well, I don't think I'm as... I'm not close to the strongest man in the world. I'm saying that, like, they should have to make... If you want to make something that lasts, and you want to make something that's nice, that that somebody like me isn't going to rip through or tear through, you got to rate it for the strongest man in the world. Because I'll never get there. And to be honest, nobody will ever get there. Oh, do I ever? I mean, you can't even see... They, you know, the in the middle where the laces go, where the eyelets are, uh, they touch both yeah. sides of them. Touch. Oh no! Yeah, my feet. You're like foot binding. I kind of am. I really like tight shoes. Like, and I don't take my shoes off until I go to bed. So, like, I tie my shoes really tight, and I lay in bed, and. Uh, or I, I, I do wear my shoes in bed. People always get crazy about that. They act like it's like the wildest thing in the world. <laughs> well, I don't sleep in my shoes, but if I'm upstairs and I'm going to take a break on my bed, I'll like kind of lay down in my shoes and my wife doesn't care. I don't think it's that gross. I don't think shoes are gross. I don't know why this thing has happened over time that They're shoes gross. are gross. Now it's like shirts aren't gross. Pants aren't gross, but shoes are gross. I can touch the couch with my shirt, but I can't touch the couch with my shoes. Did you, when did your shirt touch dog shit? And, you know, socks are probably grosser than shoes, but socks are exceptional. No, this is absurd. They smell, though. Your shoes do, too. Your shoes take damage as well. The socks get changed. The shoes don't. Yeah, they take right. more damage. You don't damage. step in shit with your socks. But you don't step, you step in dog shit with socks. You step, but here's the thing. You step in dog shit 
maybe twice during the life of a pair microscopically of you do no now you're gonna say that like the ground is dirty i'm gonna i'm gonna fight right to you right now and say the ground is dirty i'm gonna say it's dirty and anyway, people, it's like a moral panic about the dog shit or dirt on shoes because nobody says, hey, you were outside running in the grass barefoot. You need to wash your feet because you got dog piss on your feet before I come into the house. I've heard <laughs> you got black feet. Don't come into this house with these black feet. I've I heard that. Never in my life. I heard that heard as that. a kid. Okay. Wash those black feet off. All right. I'm going to let that. I'm going to say this. Okay, maybe Brett's telling the truth. Now, I've never heard of somebody saying you need to clean your bare feet. Your bare feet when sure. you come into the house. You're but right. you got to clean your your shoes, which in my opinion, uh again, they take the same amount of damage as a shirt. Like you could lay down on the ground in a shirt and it might even get dog shit on it if you lay down in the grass with a shirt on, and then I'm going to come in your house after laying in the grass. I'm going to sit right on your fucking couch. It's the same thing as if I wear my shoes in your house. It's the same fucking thing. My underarms do not smell like Fritos and vinegar in the same way that my feet do. But the, those They get so pungent and so <laughs> nasty. But those feet are going to touch the inside of your house no matter what. That's the thing. I just feel like the shoe thing is like kind of like the satanic panic in a way where at some point somebody was like, oh, you know, shoes are shoes are gross when like I don't I, I, I truly I mean, you think cowboys were taking off their boots when they came into the house, you know, to like watch TV in the old West. You don't you don't have to take your shoes off when you go to a fucking restaurant. That's another thing. Yeah, they don't have carpet, though. Okay, I I just I think that like if you're gonna be a shoes off person, I think that for consistency, in my opinion, you should have to be shoes off anytime you're under a roof. You should have to have your shoes off anytime. Yeah, yeah that's the goal. That's what we're trying to get you. To you're trying to put them on the couch anywhere that's not a home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, you're saying at work you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to wear shoes either. You shouldn't have to wear them. Uh, if they are, they're an outside. They're like an umbrella where you leave them at the door. <laughs> I mean, not me. <laughs> not not yeah, me. Yeah, we know, not you. I'd be allowed to wear my shoes in the house because I don't care if you wear shoes in my house. But I'm saying that like if you're this shoes off person, it's like fuck it. Anytime you go somewhere you're, and you're wearing your shoes in there, you should. if you go to the mall, they should have those things they have outside of the ball pit. They have shoe and, trees? Yeah. And then <laughs> when you get your driver's license, it, on there, it'll say barefoot or shoes. Uh -huh. And shoe people will be allowed to wear their shoes indoors. Barefoot people will not be allowed to do that. And no time. And at no time. Here's another thing. At no time, if I get caught inside the mall without shoes on, they can give me a fucking ticket, you know? Okay. Because I put shoes on my driver's license. Okay. It's a decision you, you should have to make when you get your driver's license. Well, maybe you should, everyone should get barefoot as their initial driver's license and they have to take a test to drive, to walk around in shoes. 
to get that designation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think shoes are bad. I think they're nice. I think they feel good to wear. I like very tight shoes. And when somebody takes my shoes away, it really hurts my feelings. And make thank you, Sam in the chat said Brian's politics are largely shoe based. And I gotta tell you, shoes are so <laughs> important to me that you would never believe how, how important shoes are. So uh yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't wanna fuck up my carpet, I don't wanna fuck up my floor, I don't wanna have to sweep all that up. Oh dude, house. I understand if you have carpet a little like I almost get it if you have carpet because I had carpet for a number of years and my carpet looked really gross Yeah, before I ripped it out because it looked so gross. And like, so if I'm, if I'm looking at, at, at somebody that has carpet, I, I'm just like, okay, go ahead and go. You can make me take my shoes off. But I mean, people with hardwood floors will make you take your shoes off too. People with tile floors will make you take your shoes off. And you're just like, I mean, what's going to happen? Just fucking get a Swiffer and walk behind me, you know? Or, or what about this? Have Swiffer pads that are shaped like feet at your door mm -hmm. and pop them on my my shoes and i'll fucking clean up your house a little double-sided tape on the bottom of the shoe <laughs> yeah i'll clean your house up a little bit <laughs> while I'm there. just as a nice thing for me makes sense all right well that is the show thanks for calling in and getting me yelling about shoes again yeah next time, okay, next time i'll tell you guys about my horrible boss yeah, yeah we love to hear about him anytime Unbelievable. Now people are yelling thanks, at guys. me. Yeah, thanks. The Have the a good night. lost thread there. You lost them. How? I'm I just... mean, we just know that you that you shouldn't be wearing your shoes in the house. Get slippers, you know? I, I just never Get some house shoes. I, no, because you can't tie a pair of house shoes tight. I'd have to buy a whole <laughs> other pair of shoes. But just regular shoes for inside the house. You can't handle a slip-on for in the house? Oh, I hate slip-ons. Oh my god! I wear the 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 uh, slides in the house sometimes, but slide sandals. Yeah, I just I just feel like I like having protected feet mm -hmm. because the way I look at things in the shoe department is that I wear shoes to protect me from the ground. Sure, you guys step on a tack. Yeah. You could step on a nail, step on a crack, make your step crack. on a crack, and you'll yeah, you'll break your mother's back. So what I'm trying to do here is I'm protecting my feet, uh -huh. and it's always going to be a push and pull. It's always going to be a push and pull, you know. Uh, so I understand between what? Yeah, push and pull between what? Freedom and tyranny? Sort of. Yeah, it's going to be like I need to protect my feet, and you need to dangerous. protect your ground. Your house is still dangerous to me. It is kind of my house. I have, there's like a little place where there's a nail sticking out of the floor oh, that I can't God. figure out how to fix. Yeah. I have a weird nail on the transition from my kitchen to my living room. <laughs> like if you catch it wrong, it will just destroy your whole fucking sock. Yep. I, that, I have one too, right into the, from the kitchen into the dining room. And it's not one that you could just remove. Right. Like I've tried to snap to it off of it. or dremel it or yeah, something. It's fucking sticking out and yeah. I can't get the head. So Yeah. Um, yeah, no, stand your feet, law, but yeah, I, 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 you know, all right, I forgot to suspend the calls. Oh, wait, no, 
No, that's a terminated call. Never mind. We're done. All right, we're out of here. That's all the calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be in the studio again. You can watch us at twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. You can support the show at patreon.com slash streetfightradio, as always. Uh, find us on oh. social media. Brian is MurderXBrian on Twitter. I'm Brett Payne, B-R-E-T-T-P-A-I-N, on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, and tell I fight for them. Uh, they ask how much the car build Lego sets are. Um, the one I bought today is 150, but you can get Dom's Dodge Charger for 100, and you can get a Ford or a Raptor, a Dodge Raptor truck. It's hideous, but you can get cool that truck. for 100 bucks. Um, so yeah, they're I mean, usually you're looking between 100 and. $375 if you want the Lamborghini that I really want. You can also try Wish.com. They have a lot of bootleg Legos. eBay has them for way cheap as well if you want the uh, off-brand sets. They're Legos still. They say Lego. They're just Lego. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace. We're here.